Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. A warm welcome to this Tuesday's teaching. In today's message, Bishop Dag will teach you what exactly it means to be a disciple and will prompt you to ask yourself the all-important question, can I be a disciple? Today you will learn that to be a disciple means to be a pupil or someone who is learning something from a person they are following. Discover the importance of being teachable in order to become a wiser person and why you must always be found following someone if you want to go higher in the ministry. Allow today's message to encourage you to be a Christian who continually strives to learn and to sit at the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, it is exciting to be back. And um, I'm so happy to see all of you again. We've been away for a long time. The longest for a very long time. But um, how many of you were following us on your phones? You don't have modern phones. How many were not able to follow us on the Healing Jesus TV? How many were able? How many were not able? How many were neither able nor not able? (laughs) Wow. It is a blessing to see you all again. Amen. We went out there, like, we, like you know, to all these different places in these countries. Most of the places we went to have no lights, no electricity, no water. And um, no Christians, especially in Guinea. Mostly, you go to a big town, there's only six pastors. There's no pastors at all. There's no churches. We cannot see. We drove through the whole of Guinea. We rarely see a church building. Yeah. Because nobody wants to go there. Isn't it? All right? But we're excited to be back. Thank you for your wonderful poems, songs, dances. Everybody has put on weight since I traveled. I don't know what the secret is. Is it a holiday or what? Or when I'm not around, you you are able to eat. You are more relaxed and you are able to eat more. Huh? 
It's wonderful. You know, when you watch videos like the one we just watched, you, you see, you get surprised at the things you've done, isn't it? So we've done carnivals, we've done camps, we've done this, we've done this. So it's good to do the things. Later you'll be glad that you did them. When you go to heaven, you see that all the videos will be played and say, wow, I wish I had done one more. It's amazing. But um, we missed you all. If we had a plane... So many Sundays we didn't have church. I never went to, I've not been to church for the last two months. Yeah, I've not been to anybody's church. And many of the Sundays we, we, we didn't actually have a crusade on that day. But we were waiting for the convoy to get to the next location. Because some of the places are like far. So it takes a long time to, to get there. So we had time. So if we had had a plane, we would have been in church every Sunday. But maybe one day. You never know. Hallelujah. So the Lord is with us. Excited to be here. And uh, as you watch videos like this, you, you begin to cherish every moment that you have. How I many know that it's important to value the time that you have? Huh? Sometimes when we don't value the time or we don't cherish the moments, you realize that they pass you by and it's over. Like when you're in school. School is a nice time. Oh. <laughs> you will never know limited. When you finish and you come into the world, all the prophecies of Ecclesiastes will start to descend upon you. And then you realize that school was a very nice time. But when you are in school, you always want to finish. Because when you are in school, you feel that you are poor. You feel that you are struggling. You feel that there are exams. Huh? Exams, isn't it? But what you don't realize is that more difficult exams lie just ahead. And it is when you go to medical school that you realize about the different types of exams. You see, before you go to medical school, you think there's just one type of exam, the one that you write an essay or multiple choice questions. But... In medical school, we had different types of exams. We had steeplechase, where there would be a dead body with a little, like a toothpick, on a part of the body. 
which has been operated or dissected and opened. And they'll put it like a toothpick on it and put a number on. When you and there are dead bodies on every table. So you go around like a merry-go-round. So when you say, bang, then you move to the next one. Then when you go, you, you come to the dead body and then they've put a toothpick with number 14 on it. That's your question, 14. And your question 14 is, what is number 14? What is it? What does it do? What will happen if it is disconnected? Yeah. It's an exam. <laughs> Then we had oral exams where you sit down there are eight people there. Anybody, whatever he read in the morning, he will ask you. <laughs> anything from, hey, the book is big like this, he can ask you anything. And they can stay on that question until you fail. Or they can keep asking more questions to help you to talk. And your mind can just go blank. That's another type of exam. And then we have clinical exams. And in the clinical exam, we have short cases where you go and there's a man or a woman with a hernia. And they will say, examine this person. The person is standing there naked. You say, examine him. And you have three, min- three minutes, examine. One, two, three, four. Five. And they watch how you examine, how you talk to the person, how you examine it. And then they finish and say, what is this? They ask you two questions. Okay, go. Next one, like that. Five, three minutes, three minutes, three minutes. If you cannot talk, and if you don't know how to examine, I some, you are done for. <laughs> <laughs> then we have long cases. There are all types of exams. You see, and... In the long cases, you go and you sit with the patient for 30 minutes. You and the patient. You talk to him or her. Listen to the, all the stories the person will have to say. And you examine the person and come to your conclusions as a doctor. And then the examiners will come. Maybe about four or five professors. They will come to the, to come to the bed. And the, you are there with the patient. And they will ask you, yes, present this case. And you have to present. You don't read. You speak of the calf. And tell this is a 28-year-old man. His name is so-and-so. He comes from this place and this place. And he presented with these problems, one, two, and three. And when we started to, went on direct questioning, we found out that he has this, 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 this. He has this family history, social history. He works here. He does this. He does this. He has this symptom, this symptom, this symptom. When I examined, I found this, 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 and that. In this system, this and and I came to a diagnosis is this. And this is how I will, this is how I will proceed. I will give, take him to the lab. I will do x-ray. I will do this. I will do this. And this is my treatment. And this is what you will do. You present. They will all be listening to you. True or not true, doctors? And then, you now, they will start to question your diagnosis. Are you sure? What about this? Could it be this? Could it be that? Why, why not this? Did you check if this... Then you realize that I didn't check. <laughs> wow. And you see that you are failing. And you see that you want to be with on yourself. <laughs> so why am I saying all that? I'm trying to say that there are different types of exams. And as you finish school, the exams where you write on a paper is over. 
Now, another type of exam, which is wilder than these paper ones, is coming to meet you. Turn to judges. Have you found judges? You are fast. Wow. Judges chapter 2. Verse 21. I will also not henceforth drive out any from before them of the nations which Joshua left when he died. You see, God said, I will not sack these nations. You get it? What's the problem at the back? There's no chairs. Do you need chairs or you need space? Should we move forward? Who has a chair beside you that is empty? Two, two seats here. All right. Glory to God. Are you there? Now, God said, I will leave these people yeah just fix it right there in the aisles fine okay are you listening glory to God I will leave these people that through them I may prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein as their fathers did keep it or not Amen. Amen. Do you get that? What is God saying? I'm going to leave these Amorites and so on. Do you get it? And these Amorites and um, a lot of them. Asherites, Canaanites, uh, Canaanites, Amorites, a whole lot of them. I said, I'm going to leave them there in the land that they may prove the people, to test the people. So whether you like it or not, tests are now going to start. And many of you are going to be taking one of the major tests very soon. I will tell you about that test. This is not my, I'm not preaching about this, but I'm just talking. All right? Turn with me to Deuteronomy. Chapter 8, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years. 
in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Amen. Wow. Okay. Some of you standing at the back, actually you could sit, there's a small seat here on the, if you don't mind sitting on the floor. Some of the young guys, you don't mind sitting on the floor. Don't stand outside. Nobody should stand outside and chat. I can see the guy in the black t-shirt with white shoulders chatting outside. Come and sit on the floor here. In Korea, you are practicing. Maybe you'll be going to Korea soon. In Korea, they sit on the floor for church. So why don't you just come and sit on the floor, right? It's nicer in the front. Wow. You sit on the right, on the left, okay? You can sit even behind here. You can lean on the, on, the, on, the, on the back wall there. Sit over there. Don't come too close to the pulpit, brother. <laughs> yeah, you can go back and rest your back on the wall, okay? So that you are more relaxed. Yeah, all the back here, you can sit at the back. You become our decoration. <laughs> the hall. Here, come, come this way. You can come and sit along here, okay? Feel free. It's better than standing. Is there anybody else standing at the back? I can see some people in red. Are you ashes? Is that your new uniform? Why are there four ashes in one corner there? What is your, what's your job description? I don't want anybody outside. You see, I notice, I can see, because I've also been somebody who attends church and is not inside. So I know what happens outside. As I said, when I'm preaching, I don't want people outside. All right? God says that I've led you through the wilderness for 40 years to test you. Now, very soon, most of you are going to be tested on, that is when you finish school. You're going to be tested on two things. One is on Zah whether you are able to be zealously affected always in a good thing when I'm with you or when I'm not with you. And the other is you're going to be tested on marriage and your ability to decide good things. Now that test is coming. You can't avoid it. Everybody's going to watch your decision taking ability, how wise you are, how stupid you are. (laughs) Everybody's going to watch you soon. Yeah. You learn a lot about somebody by the person that he chooses to marry. Or she chooses to marry. You learn a lot. You learn a lot. A lot. Did you know that? Yeah, you learn a lot. It's like going, to, going for lunch with somebody. You, you can learn a lot about a person as the person eats. First of all, what the person chooses to eat at the time. And then number two, how much the person eats also gives a revelation about the person. 
and then number three, and number three, you can learn about the level of sophistication of the person. Yes. By how the person eats at the table. Yeah. So, it, it's, it's something that you can learn, but this is not a time for that. I see you becoming sophisticated. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, I'm a humble, sophisticated person. Wow. Amen. And the same goes for marriage. You can learn a lot about somebody by the person he chooses to marry. Yeah. What are the things you can learn about somebody when he's choosing to marry? One, one of the things is uh, in, a, in a guy, you can, this is not part of this, the, the sermon. Right? This is just... Do you want me to talk about it? One of the things you can learn about a a, a guy especially is the level to which he is influenced by his flesh. (laughs) Yeah. Because at that great momentous occasion a lot of Spiritual brothers set aside all they have ever known and followed the flesh. Right? That is, that is something that you can, you can learn. And then number two, especially with ladies, you can learn a lot about their, uh, what do you call it, level of uh, empty-headedness. Do you understand? Yeah. Because um, you find out that with a, I told you that girls like boys more than boys now. So, in relation to that, you find out that um, uh, a, lot of, a lot of girls, the, the, the brain has not developed as fast as the breasts. Do you get it? So... Should I stop? Now, you will realize that breasts are developing far faster these days than even before. So you have 10-year-old, 11 years, 12 years, they are all having breasts. They are not even teenagers. And they are all having breasts and so on. 
So those parts are developing faster than the brain. So the, assuming that the brain is small and it's filling the head. That's what I talk about, the level of empty-headedness. The head is empty. The brain hasn't grown to fill the head. Do you understand? <laughs> and so you can find some of them very foolish. Um, I've fallen in love. I cannot leave. I cannot stop. I've fallen in love. I cannot leave. I cannot stop. A lot of that nonsense. You can find it. <laughs> then, then also, listen. You also can learn when somebody is is is. Uh, <laughs> Get it, falling in love or going to marry, you can learn something about the person's level of stubbornness. Yeah. You can learn something about the person's level of stubbornness. Because that is where you see one of the uh, strong manifestations of, like, I know it happened to this. I know it happened to this. I know it happened. But in my case, in my case, it's different. And you say that, but you, you didn't know your, you didn't know your, 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 your husband, you didn't know your wife, we were in school together, but you, you just met at whatever, in my, our case, it is different. There's that type of thinking. And usually stubborn people have always an excuse. And therefore, you also see the level of witchcraft. Because the level of stubbornness is directly proportional to the level of witchcraft in a person. Yeah. And then you also have the level of sonship and the level of daughtership. If there is a word like that, you can also see. Do you see? We have different types of people. Some will say, some will come to you and, and say, Oh, I have got a beloved. And the I don't want to go ahead unless you agree, unless I have your blessing. And meanwhile, you have already proposed to the person. The person has already fallen in love with you. And you are now coming to say that, should in case you don't agree, I want your approval. Do you understand? Yeah. And then you also have people who will never do what you say, but will still want to come and talk to you. Yes. I'm not telling you what I read. I'm telling you what I've experienced practically. They want to come to talk, but they will not do what you say. If you say B, they will not do B. If you say A, they will not do A. So, in this coming exam, and then also your own parents will also tell you things. And that is where you also see your level of stubbornness, your level of sonship, your level of daughtership, I mean, if your parents don't want you to marry somebody, you will be, you will be um, wise not to marry the person. Oh, yeah. It will be wise for you not to marry the person. Unless you can persuade them to accept the person. But if they don't want it, it will be better to have your parents' blessing. Because I don't see any reason why you want to go. The person you are going to marry 
you are going to have problems anyway, whoever it is. So why, when the evil days come and you don't have your blessing of your parents, you will even be wondering the things that are happening, whether it's because your father said this or your mother said. So even when your mother blesses you or your father blesses you, you will have problems. So why, how much more when you'll be thinking, hey, maybe. Wow. Are you listening to me? All right. So anyway, so these are some of the tests we are going to be experiencing. And I, I, I believe God, you know, that many of you are going to do well in those exams. Yeah. You are going to do, you will listen. And then you, 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 you will go by, you will go by, by, by your, your reasoning will be more higher than your feelings. Amen. And your spirituality will determine what you will do. Because you have to be led by the Spirit. You don't have to. So pastor, my pastor said it's okay. Because your pastor is not God. A lot of people come and say, what, what, so what do you think? You met us. What, I say, I don't think it. She's a nice person. How can I know anything about the person? Am I God? God is the one who knows. Sometimes you have a, the nicest person and it's the most terrible person to be married to. Some of these people nicely singing and all that. If you marry them, you'll be surprised. Yeah. Everybody looks nice. Everybody looks nice. Everybody looks nice. But not everybody behaves nice. So it's not as automatic as you think. Oh, the person is flowing in church. Flowing in church is not marriage. It's two different things. So that's why, you know, when, I, when I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be teaching you about your, your hair nets and I'll be telling you about your uh, cooking. Because a lot of you don't know how to cook. It's very serious. It's very, very serious deficiency. You don't know how to cook. It's so bad. Uh, you may say you are women of the 2000s. So, I don't know much. So, I'm sorry. 21st century. Hey. Anyway. Alright, enough of that. Today, I want to begin a, a short but important series with you. Amen. And the subject is, um, the subject is discipleship. Yeah. May not sound very exciting, but it's exciting. And you can call it, can you be a disciple? All right. Can you be a disciple? So I'm just going to make a few general comments um, about, uh, about that and then we'll be carrying on. All right? Do you still have your kebab after church? Uh, because I'm hungry, so I'm thinking about it. <laughs> All right. When I, I said I traveled, I've not eaten such nice kebab. Now, are you there? 
listen can you ask your neighbor can you be a disciple wow what did they say what did they say yes automatic oh wow Can you be a disciple? Yes. You sure you can be a disciple? Huh? Wow. Did I tell you where to turn to? Turn to John chapter 8. Verse 31. Then Jesus said, so I'm just making a few general comments about discipleship. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Amen. Amen. Now this is similar to Zah. Zealously affected always. Okay. But there are many words which are used for Christians. Amazingly, this is the word which should be used mostly for Christians. But this is the word that is not. Over 277 times you see the word disciples mentioned. It's the most frequent way we are described, I think. Other words are used. Believers, Christians, saints, followers, um, saved ones, children of God. But Jesus' disciples were called disciples. Now, disciple means a pupil or a learner. Somebody who is learning. So, Jesus' disciples who were following him were learners. They were learning something. Alright? How many are, can be learners? Right. The best learners are young people. Yes, young people are the best learners. You know, the Bible says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come. Not before an evil day come. Before the evil days come. There are evil days destined for everybody. The days that are ahead of you are not as nice as these days. If you don't know, I'm telling you. Yeah. The days ahead are not as nice as these days. These days are very nice days in a certain sense. Alright? And the Bible says, don't say, why is it that the former days were better? It says, you, thou does not inquire wisely. You see? Because it shows that you did not appreciate the day when it was happening. And you did not understand how life works itself out. Life does not work itself out becoming nicer and happier and more and more joyful. No. Life comes as it goes on, becomes sadder and becomes more depressive. You see, and you have to believe what I'm saying. Because if you believe it, you, you will be helped to circumvent and overcome what is coming. 
in your life. But if you think it's not true, that in your case, everything is going to be different, you are going to be surprised and you will always be disappointed. Billy Graham. Have you heard of Billy Graham? He's famous, famous. He wrote in his book, his biography, you know, when he finished writing his book, he, he thought he was going to die, but he's not died yet up till now, he's still alive. And he wrote in his book, he said, look, my wife and I never thought we would live this long. We never thought. Because when you get older, you get to realize that, look, the next major event is your death. You know, so you keep expecting it, but you keep not dying, so you are still around. You know, but one of the things that his children wrote, at the end, he wrote, you know, about his family. I think he didn't write it earlier, but later, in, uh, when he was alive, they came to him and said, please add another section to the book. So he did. And in this new section, he started to talk about his family, his children, this, that, all the things that happened to his four children. He had two sons and two daughters. He said one day, one of his daughters came to face him in the house. Or, no, not even came to face him, but came to question, you know, and, and, and the, the reason was because she was having serious problems, problems in her marriage. Do you understand when I say marriage? Yeah. Marriage. Okay? And her problem was, she said that we don't have a normal marriage. That's what she said. She said, we don't have a normal marriage. And you know why? She said, because we never saw mommy and daddy arguing. There was nothing like that. We never saw. So she said, I do not have a good marriage. I don't have a normal marriage. And then Billy Graham wrote, he said that if his wife were to hear this word, or when his wife heard it, he can imagine how she would be chuckling and laughing to herself. He said, because the kind of uh, conflict that they had they never allowed their children to see. Yeah. So the children grew up thinking that life is like this. Then when, yes, no argument. Then when life came and it was now behaving differently from what they had been saying, but mommy and daddy never had that. I've never seen this before. Christian, never seen that before. So, you see, you can, and he says, well, he he could have gone about it the other way, but he feels that that is the best way that he wanted to live. You know, so there are two ways you can bring up children. You can just shield them and let them always feel everything is good. Do you understand? Or you can talk to them about realities so that they expect things. I don't know which one you prefer. Are you sure you prefer realities? I don't know which one you prefer, but he was now, it was now, it was now like something bad that he had done. It's like the children have grown up thinking, eh, so when you, because when you have a normal situation, you may think you are so abnormal that you have to leave it and go and find a normal one. Yeah, you now think, I have to get out of this because I have something abnormal. I must get into a normal state. Because what I have is not, it's not normal. I've not seen something like this before. You get it? 
So, um, I don't know how I got into all this. But I'm sure it's important. Yeah. You know? So, I, I'm, I'm telling you that the ability to continue as a disciple of Christ is, is not just as easy as continue. So, I'm continuing. We don't just continue things. Because evil days are coming. That's, what I, that's, that's how I got into all this. I, I, I want you to expect not so easy times after school when you are working. So when you see us preaching and flowing and, and even happier than you, it is not because we haven't seen something bad in our lives, but that we have seen the bad thing which you will also see. But God has given us the grace to either overcome it or adjust. Bible says, who can make that straight which he has made crooked? So in your life, you may have to make a crooked box and stay in it like this so that you can be happy and flow. Yes. Consider the work of God. Who can make that straight which he has made crooked? So you don't have to have the wrong impression of life. That's why Jesus said, if you can continue, you are my disciples. To continue is where we see the difference. Karen, you understand? That's where we see the differences. Do you get it? Yeah. It's nice to be in the house of the Lord now, but being in the house of the Lord tomorrow and as you get older, and whatever problems you have, whatever, whatever. <laughs> one day I met one of my pastors, and he was having a crisis in his life. His whole, his life was collapsing. In fact, had collapsed. <laughs> and I was listening to him, and we were about five people talking to him. And when he reached a point, I, I just, I was smiling within myself about his problem. So I told the people, we were sitting at a table, I think five or six people were sitting at a table. I got up from the table and I said, excuse me. And I told him, I said, come. And I went with him to another table where the people in the old table cannot hear me. And I told him, I sat with him and I said to him, okay, brother, Welcome to a club. You see. The problem that you have, that you think the end of the world has come. Here am I. I am the first member of that club. And I told him that I've taken you away from the other table because those people don't have that problem. They cannot understand it. So that's why I don't talk about it. So now that you have one, come and let me also explain how I have been around. How do you see me smiling? It's not that I don't have any problem. And there's some problem when you share and the person has not seen one before. The person would think you are, there's something wrong with you. So, I mean, why? You ask me, do you go for prayer walks? Do you have communion? I mean, what, what problem is this? Did you pray before you stepped forward? Did you, were you led by the Lord? So I took him aside and I said, let me just also tell you and these people sitting there, they don't know this one. It's a club. It's, a, it's an association and you are welcome. 
So to be able to continue is the key. Now, disciple, the word disciple is the word that I want you to think about as we go home today. It's different from Christian. Is somebody cooking rice in the area? (laughs) Downstairs. All right. This, huh? Oh, is the, the film stars the rice cooker? Film stars is your rice cooker. Was there rice in it? All right. Now, uh, what was I telling you? There is a difference between using the word Christian or using the word disciple, okay, and using the word Christian or using the word disciple, or using the word believer, or using the word saint. They all give different, they give different images to your mind. Do you get it? So, the image that I want you to have in your heart as a disciple. Can you be a disciple? Are you going to be a disciple of Christ? Are you sure? Are you sure you are sure? Okay. If you're going to be a disciple, what it means is you're going to be a learner. Ada, you're going to be a learner. You get it? A learner. You're going to be learning. Now, this is wonderful. I was reading in Rejoiner's book. You know, he met a little girl and he, there was a horse. In the book called The Torch and the Sword. Some of you have read it. It's a very good book to read as a prophetic accompaniment to your prayer times just open anywhere and start reading you see yourself in the book and at the end of the book he said he suddenly realized that he has either met the little girl before or he's about to meet her the horse the prophet the eagle all of them he knew them or he was going to meet them and i, I know that vision is for me otherwise he would not have written it in a book and i also have either met a little girl or i'm about to meet the little girl the horse, the prophet, the eagle, all of them. They are all my friends. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Um, and then, John Wesley appeared to him in the vision and started speaking to him. Then, suddenly, John Wesley said to him, because the girl gave him some advice, told him something, and he said, you have a great treasure. That then, then he said, oh yeah, the horse is really... He said, no, I don't mean the horse. I mean the small girl, that little girl. It's a treasure. Then he said that she is very wise. John Wesley commented about this, the little girl, 12 years old. He said she's very wise. And he said she is wise because she is teachable. He explained why she was a wise person. And I will explain to you that as long as you can be taught and you are teachable, it immediately means, implies that you are a wise person. You see, take somebody who is younger than you, who's not been to the university, who is now going to do JSS or doing SS or whatever they call it now. And you advise the person. The person has chosen KDM Kizitu Secondary Cycle School. Do you understand? And you are advising the person to go to a better school. 
And the person is saying, no, my father comes from Hedium and that is where I have to be because he went there. My grandmother went to that Hedium school. Now, as soon as you cannot teach that little child, that little girl, that say Wesley girls, for instance, is better than Hedium secondary school. Kizito cycle two school. You you realize that you are dealing with a fool. Why is she a fool? Because you can't teach her. You can't tell her things. So she's equal to a fool. So as soon as we can't teach you again, you have become a fool. And as soon as we can teach you, you become wise. And so you are your calling and you see he said something in the book which struck my heart he said that remember that your calling is to learn your call you are called to learn you are called to learn not to 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 teach but to learn and that is what it means to be a disciple you are called to learn always and as you are learning as you are learning because you are learning you are wise and then people stop learning. And foolishness descends on them. So those of you who are learning in school, remember what I'm telling you. The real examinations is outside school. Your school life is a formality. It's now that you are going to learn. So if you believe and accept that your calling is to continually learn, you will continually be wise. As soon as your level of learning drops, your level of foolishness increases. As soon as your level of learning rises, your level of wisdom rises. Now, if you take people who are going to get married, some people have already got fixated minds about marriage. You are fixated. And some who are in marriage, you don't know much. And you are fixated. And you, you, when they teach you, you will not be learning. Because you have a fixated mind about what it is. So that shows the level of foolishness and stupidity is rises and falls by your ability to be a learner, which is the same as your ability to be a disciple. So everybody here must decide to be a disciple. Now, as you get older, you learn less. I've, I've been a pastor of grown-ups. I'm, 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 I mean, I'm still a pastor of grown-ups. But for many of you, you get it? You are younger than the average congregation. So you learn more. You are more flowing. You learn more. So it, your level of wisdom is higher in that sense. Not experience, wisdom. The older people have experience. You don't have experience, but you have more wisdom because you are learning. They have more experience, which also gives wisdom. So you must decide, I will learn always. I'm going to, I am a disciple. I like the name disciple. And that is a good term to apply to me. And that I'm going to learn. Every day I am learning. I'm learning about the ministry. I'm learning to walk with God. And I'm learning to follow him all the time. So I pray for you that you will also be a learning Christian. So, a disciple is equivalent to a learning Christian. And a Christian who has stopped learning is just called Christian. 
Once you stop learning, you are called a Christian. But when you are learning and receiving, changing, then you are a disciple. You are called disciple. Wow. How many are ready to be learning something new? Oh, yeah. Now, when the Bible says, before the evil days come, you wouldn't know how life can become evil. But that is why you must open your heart to be learning. For instance, how to prosper, most of you don't know. What you know is to pass physics exam, chemistry, biology, political science, accounts, administration. That's all that you've learned how to pass. But you've not learned how to prosper. So if you like, say you will not learn how to prosper. And be there. You won't prosper. I'm a pastor. I've, I have prospered in my, in my life, in my ministry. I have, a, I have a house. I have a car. I have everything that I need. I can, I can, I've prospered. I've flourished in a certain sense in the work that I'm doing. Not everybody does. Not everybody does. I have people, I have mates who have not flourished as much as I have flourished and prospered. Prospering is also another educational process that you go through. Yeah, look. Recently, I called all doctors to my office. And um, I had different types of doctors. Surgeons, heart surgeons, specialists, all. And I was looking to see if any of them, any of them could even donate or help with the uh, healing Jesus crusade. And so, and I realized that the financial power of these super specialists was so low, they couldn't. You couldn't easily find a doctor who can give $1,000. I mean, I mean, people who have been to school first for seven years and after that for another working for some years and then added another five years of whatever. So let's say about almost 20 years of studying is they, but they did not study prosperity. Uh-huh. But I know doctors who didn't specialize so much, especially those who were trained in Russia and so on. They didn't specialize so much. All of them, all of them, many of those doctors were rather the ones who have learned how to prosper. So the, the financially strong doctors are the doctors who didn't even specialize too much. They own hospitals. They own hospitals and they can give money. One of, this, one of our top sponsors of Healing Jesus Crusade is a doctor. Yeah. She didn't specialize anything. I was in She's prospered. She'll just, she'll just be donating. She'll just be donating. She has support, sponsored me since I was in, uh, since we were after school. She has been in the church. Yeah. But the Kolebu trained super specialist, knowledgeable intelligent pathologists and what have you, they don't have cash. They don't have money. Why? Because to prosper is a different process from knowledge about anatomy or surgery or internal medicine. They are different things. Are you with me? So, if you decide to stop learning after school, you are a fool. And, and you, 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 will, you will notice that People who are, a lot of people who claim to be following me, a lot of the, my disciples, they don't, they don't prosper. 
Because they follow paths, but they don't follow certain things. Yeah. And they only read the books when they have to do an exam. And all the, all the things <laughs> that I, you know, one day I was, I was standing with some pastors and uh, a pastor came by and said, so what, what, Charlie, share with us, not a lighthouse pastor, share with us. And there were other pastors who are not from lighthouse who were standing around. Share with us, Charlie, what are the, I mean, what are the, what, what are the secrets I and mean, what are you guys doing? And then one pastor was standing by me and said, look, this man, he has written all his secrets. He told him, he said, do you know that church, mega church book, the book mega church? He has written everything. There's nothing that he hasn't said though. That he does. There's nothing that he hasn't said that he does. <laughs> if you listen, I mean, my problem is that I say too much. That's my problem. My problem is that I say too much. Because my calling is to, is to help you. It's not just to be something. You see, there are people who are called to be. They, they, they are called to be the thing. <laughs> Do you get it? They are called, that, their calling is to be whatever they are called to be. Uh-huh. But some people are called to be it and to help others to become it. So sometimes they may not even be as great as they could have been. Because they are sharing how you two can do it. Yeah. How to do it. So, to prosper, to, or to be happily married, or to survive crisis. They are all things to learn. Sadly, people finish school and they stop learning. A large section of Lighthouse Chapel that I have stopped learning. And therefore, a certain cloud, dark cloud of foolishness has descended on them. Because when you stop learning, you become foolish. I've explained it to you. When now I, I'm telling you something, no, this, 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 you still know this is what I want. I know better. You are a fool. Because you, you have stopped learning. And the Bible says, it is better to be a little child than to be an old king who can no longer be admonished. Let's turn to that scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13. Better is a poor and wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. Wow. He will no longer be admonished. Now, the word admonished is the word zahar. Which means enlightened. He will no longer be enlightened. He will no longer, it means to shine, to teach, to warn. Okay? So he will no longer be enlightened or taught or warned or helped to shine. He will no longer be helped to shine. He is an old and foolish king who will no longer be admonished. Amen. 
So decide always to learn. Now, how can you show that you are always learning? The fact that you are always reading a book is a sign that you are always learning. Yeah. You see, a person who is not always reading a book is a person who has stopped learning. Remember, when you were in school and you were learning, were you not always having books? I'm asking you a question. When you were in school and you were having books, when you were learning for exam, were you not always having books? So having books and reading them is a sign that you are learning, which is a sign that your wisdom is increasing. So you see Christians who are not reading, it's like there's nothing to read unless there's an exam. When they want to be appointed mistakenly as a pastor. You know, because there are a lot of pastors we have appointed mistakenly. We shouldn't have appointed them, but we appointed them. Do you get it? So when they want us to mistakenly appoint them, then they start doing exams to become pastors. Do you understand? But you see, the fact that you don't have a Christian book, what Christian book do you have? That you are reading today. Tell them. That is good. And what about you, my dear? Leaders and loyalty. But it's because the whole church is reading leaders and loyalty, isn't it? That is why you have leaders and loyalty. So you see that we have had to introduce such things like Vision 527, where the whole church is forced to read leaders and loyalty. Otherwise, they will never read it. But people will be inviting me to come. You know, I'm supposed to be in Venezuela today. Yeah, I'm supposed to be. I've been invited to five cities in Venezuela. If I am to follow the invitations that I have, I will never even come on. And I have to, I have to cast and say, I can, I'm tired, I can't come. I beg you. I'm supposed to be in Venezuela today. Yeah, I was not supposed to be in Accra and I was supposed to go to Venezuela. And so many invitations. They just want to hear a little bit of the Wisdom and whatever that I'm sharing. They have arranged stadium and this and that for me to come and preach. I said, I, I beg you. You get it? Yeah. But you are here. They have to organize vision five to seven before you will take a book to start learning. So I'm going to encourage you, everybody here, to become somebody who is always learning. Learning, 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 learning learning. Be a learner. And one of the signs is that I have a book I'm reading. No exam. Once you are reading for an exam or for vision 5 to 7 it's not reading. It's compulsory uh, hard labor. (laughs) It's compulsory hard labor. But it's not learning. You don't really learn much. Yeah. How many want to just become a fool? How many want to become wiser? Are you sure? Yes. Are you really sure? Yes. Are you sure you want us to? Are you sure you want us to? You want to value and place value on the things that you are receiving and that you are learning. Do that. Do that. And your life will never be the same. Now, one last thing before I come to the very, very conclusion. Luke chapter 14. Uh, before you go to Luke chapter 14, perhaps. A good idea would be go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Are you, pre- are you happy to go to Matthew 16? Before we end. Quickly, please. Wow. 
Matthew 16 verse 24. If any man wants to come after me, I will receive him in peace to my rest. Only he should know that anyone who holds the plow and looks back isn't fit for my kingdom. Matthew 16 verse 24. Any man, any man, including you man, in in Sierra Leone they say all man, Amen. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. All right? But even this is a little blind. So go to Luke chapter 14, like like I originally said. Luke. Luke 14 and verse 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father, and his mother and his children and his wife and his brides and his sisters yea and his own life also he cannot he cannot be my disciple wow Do you really want to learn? Do you really want to learn what it means to follow Jesus? Aha, uh-huh. this, this is the champion verse. Luke 14, 26 is our memory verse for today. If any man come unto me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brethren and his sisters, yea. Don't forget the yea. It's a very nice yea. And his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. Wow. He cannot, he cannot be, he cannot learn. You see, not that he cannot follow, he cannot learn. He cannot learn. He cannot learn. He will not learn anything. Because if you learn, you become so wise. Amen. Amen. He cannot learn. So, everybody must know that Christianity is not an easy religion. So, if you want an easy religion, resign now. Anybody who wants an easy religion, stand up. Ashes. Can I have some ashes to usher some people out of here? Anybody who wants something easy, I need you to leave the church now. Look, you've heard the word suicide and suicide bombing. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Do you know who introduced the concept of suicide bombing? Or suicide, religious suicide? It's no other person than Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus went to the cross... Knowing very well that they were going to kill him. He predicted several times in the New Testament. On several occasions, he told them, I must go. And these people will put me to death. The son of man will suffer. If he didn't want to die, he would have stayed in Galilee. When we go to Israel, how many would like to first love church? We'll go to Israel. Okay. Get ready. We will go one of these days. 
And you'll be surprised when Jesus was going, if you go to, to Israel, you see how far Galilee is from Jerusalem. Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem. When we do the tour in Jerusalem, hold your neighbor and say, I'm going to Israel. I've just heard that I'm going to Israel. And I, I believe it and I receive it. It's a first love tour. Yeah. Okay. Holy land. We are going to the holy land. So listen carefully. When you go, you will see that Galilee is far away. The lake of Galilee is far away. Two, three hours. Three to four hours you drive before you come to the lake Galilee. And you have to drive three, four hours to come from the lake of Galilee to where Jerusalem, where Jesus was crucified. And the, where Galilee is, that is where those towns, all those towns are around the lake of Capernaum, Chorazin, Bethsaida, where Jesus was doing the miracles. So that was, his, that was where he was based. And Nazareth is just nearby, where he grew up. So from Nazareth, where he grew up, there was no lake there. But he, he came to this, he moved away from his hometown, came to the, around the lake. That is where he was doing all his miracles. And that was his main ministry. And that's why he cursed them. He said that, do you, this, the signs and wonders that have been done here, if they had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would, have, they would have repented by now. And today when you go, there's nothing left of Capernaum. But Nazareth is there as a full city. Yeah, but all those towns, they are, they are not there. You just see some ruins and they've built a church there. Yeah. It's, it's so far. So Jesus knew and he, he made his face, Bible says, by place said, I must go to Jerusalem. So the first idea of somebody who kills himself or allows himself to be killed. After all, if you are in a plane and you throw up a bomb, you allow yourself to die. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't actually put the knife to your throat. You allow yourself to die in the flames that are going to come. Yeah. You allow yourself, to, the bomb that is going to come, you allow yourself to die in it. So the person who introduced the idea of allowing yourself to die for a religious purpose is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And other religions have rather adopted it. And that has, and you would have thought that when they do it, people will leave. But more people have come. More, they are now the fastest growing religion, not Christianity. Yeah. Because they have taken out of Christianity something that you lay your life down for the religious purpose that you have and you go for it. Are you with me? Yeah. That's Christianity. So if he said, if any man come to me, any man, all man, and hate not his father, and I'm going to show you what it means to hate your father. Not today, not today. And you hate your mother. I will show you what it means to hate your mother. And to hate your brother or to hate brothers. Brothers. Or to hate your sister or your sisters or sisters. Because some of you, you, you love sisters too much to be able to serve the Lord. And what it means to hate your own children. Yay! Yay! And your own life also. I will show you what it means to hate your own life. Yes. Your own life is serious. 
It's serious. How many are resigning? All those who... Okay, stand up, everybody. Stand up. Stand up. All those... I'm assuming that all of you are resigning from Christ. If you are still members of Christ, you don't want to resign, you can sit down. Those who are resigning remain standing. And the ashes... I need some Coca-Cola to give them to drink and they can all leave. You want to resign from such a religion... The ashes, have you resigned? Wow. Hallelujah. It's not easy. Living for Jesus isn't easy. But God has promised to sustain. Don't be afraid for he is faithful. Don't be afraid. Like Curtis said in the, in the, in the film, he said he, he was surprised when he took the decision that it was much easier. It's much easier than it looks. But when you hear of it and you use it, well, as soon as you enter, it's easy. It's easy. Like these countries we've gone to, to, to preach, Liberia, it's so scary. When you, when you see the war, Sierra Leone, the war, I mean, I have some films. If your place was a bit dark, I'll show you. You see how they even they beheading people. They behead them. And you think Liberia, uh, Sierra Leone, they are cutting hands. Liberia, it was wilder. Heads. They arranged the heads. You, 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 you see something. You know? But when we went there, it's like whatever, whatever will be, will be. And when we went there, it was much easier than it looked. It's a normal place. And, and the people could not be surprised. They were surprised. What, what are we going to do there? Why are you going to that place? That's where the war started. That's where the rebels came from. That's where they are. But it's much easier when you take the step. But when you hear about hey, like dying. Dying is not as difficult as it looks. That is not as difficult as it looks. It's actually much easier. One, one of the saints, when he was dying, he said, as he was dying, last breath on his bed, he said, is this dying? He said, is this dying? Oh, then it is sweet living. Is this dying? Oh, this is sweet living. Yeah. So, I want you to brace yourself. Because Jesus said, no one goes to war without counting the cost. Very expensive to fight a war. And if you're going to be a Christian, you count the cost. If you're not prepared to throw away an unbeliever boyfriend, then leave now and follow him. Hold his hands tightly and just get out of the church. And I'm serious. Get out. Go with him. And love him. And let him love you. And when the explosion comes, we'll be here waiting for you. We'll be waiting. No problem. No problem. Since you wouldn't learn by a simple lesson, you can go and learn in the school of hard knocks. Yeah. But I want you to decide I'm ready to pay the price to be a Christian. Yeah. Because my Savior is the first example of somebody who puts down his life and lets his life be uh, let his life go for a religious purpose. Wow. Are you ready for that?
Or it's too hard? Is it too hard? It's not bad. Is it, is it that bad? There are people today, they are not sitting in church. They are in their rooms. Some are not here. They are saying, I don't know, Charlie, me, I don't go, I don't go feel me crefeo. Charlie, me, my girlfriend, the thing where they do, I don't feel stop. Oh, Charlie, oh, me, me, Charlie. If the thing hard on me, Charlie, I they love my booze. I they love my girls, man. Every, every week, I get different girls. I get new girls every week. There are people, they can't stop. As you are sitting here, is it that hard? Is it that hard? Some of you have had all those things before. Is it that hard? As you are here, is it so hard? Are you dead? Are you dead? I'm not dead. I'm not. Are, are you not? Is it not sweet living? It's sweet living. Tell your neighbor, is this dying? No, it is sweet living. Yeah. Is that how it is to die? It is sweet living. Yeah. As you serve God, you say, oh, this, is, this is it. That's why we used to sing a song, you know, uh, something in the mission. Do you remember that song? Mm-hmm. Of the joy they had. They had. And then they told me that they were late, but not for time. Uh-huh. And then they told me that in the, the mission, mission they, they could, could be glad. But I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. Wow. Somebody told me of the joy of the joy they had. When, when you are outside Christ, you hear of his sounds. Are, are, you, sure? People, are you sure you are happy people? That in the Without a boyfriend, are you happy? For no boy to love you. And to massage you, even though you are not married. Hey! And then I they told me that in sorrow. They could be glad. But I didn't think. I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. Wow. Somebody told me of the joy they had. Wow. And then they told me that in the mission they could be Neighbor, are you who is not saying that? It seems you are new. Tell the person, it seems you are new. You don't know these things, eh? You look like somebody who wants to fall just now. Tell the person, I'm going to train you to sing this song now. Ready, go. Somebody told me of the joy. Somebody told me of the joy they had. And they told me, and then they told me that in the mission. They could be glad, and then they told me, and then they told me. Once they were bound, once they were bound, but now set free. Sing it to your friend, but I didn't think. I didn't think it would be till it happened to me. There are some new girls in this corner over there. Somebody told me. Wow. This area. Write it down so that there will be no controversy. It's written, it's written on it. Uh-huh. You are learning. You see, you are a disciple. You have something to learn. Write it down. Write it down because I don't want it to be that somebody will accuse you of being a new person. Uh-huh. 
Hey. Somebody told me of the joy. Wow. My wife always tells me, you know, my wife grew up in the midst of unbelievers. All her brothers were wicked unbelievers. Yeah, all her brothers were wicked. And she was the only Christian. She was the only Crefe girl amongst unbeliever boys. All of them, young and old. And they thought she was crazy. Yeah. They didn't think it could be. Till it happened to all of them. All of them are pastors now. Yeah. One by one. They didn't think like a Christian can be happy, dancing, flowing, that we're having a good time. Wow. Without going to, uh, what is that? The buses, uh, what do you call it? Beach parties. Wow. Have you written down the words? Somebody told me of the joy they had. And somebody, and, and somebody and told, told And then they told me, they continued telling the mission, me that in the mission, they could be glad. Because we are all going on missions. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, we are all going on missions. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, keep watching me. I'm following Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh huh. And then they told me. No, no, not that one. And then they told me. Once, once they were they bound. bound but now and now, and then they told me once they were bound, they were bound, but now they're set free. Wow. And then they told me once, once they, they were bound. But now set free. Especially those in this corner here. You have to write all the words down. And then they told me once they were bound. But now set free. But I didn't think it could be. Till it happened to me. Okay, have you got it? Just one verse. You don't have to learn two verses. For complex songs. Okay, just one verse always. Huh? All right. Now I can tell you of the joy. Okay. I have. And I can tell you that in the mission I can be glad. And I can tell you once I was bound but now set free. Wow. I didn't know that it's true till it happened to me. Have you got it? Those in this corner. After church, all those in this corner come and see me. I want to meet all of you from the lady in the glasses all here. I want to be your friends. Will you be my friends? One, two, three. The lady in the green. Lady in the green over there. Lift your hand. Oh, is your hand painting you? So come and see me. One, two, three, four, twelve. I'm going to form a fellowship with you. Okay? Wow. Would you like that? That would be nice. Okay, ready, go. Somebody told me of the joy they had. Somebody told me, and then they told me that in the mission they could be glad. Oh, they told me, and then, then they told me once they were bound, but now set free. Somebody told me 
a mighty clap offering stand to your feet have I not finished preaching I thought I finished what was I saying more points alright close your eyes for a moment as every head is bowed and every eye is closed if you are here today you don't know Jesus as your saviour want to say pastor somebody invited me to church but I am not a born again Christian please pray with me help me I want Jesus to come into my life to make me a new person if you are here like that you want me to pray with you especially maybe as we are singing the song you realize that such things you are not like that it's like you are far Maybe traditionally you are a Christian, but in reality you are not. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me, pray for me. I want to give my life to God today. Please help me today. I want to know Jesus Christ. And I'm going to pray with you. If you are here like that, just stand where you are, but lift your right hand up high like this. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God today. Lift it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Just your right hand. I want to give my life to Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. I want to be born again. Just your right hand up high. I see your hand. 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 It's a very important opportunity. As I'm speaking calmly to you, it's a calm invitation to come to heaven. God wants to change you and make you a new person. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. I see all your hands. Pastor, deep down, deep down, deep down, I know 
that I am far, but I want God, I want to take God seriously today. Your hand, your hand, I see more hands, I see more hands, I see more hands, I see more hands coming up all over the place. Because why are more hands coming up? Because God, God's Holy Spirit is touching your heart. He's calling you gently. He's saying, come home, come to me, come to God. Don't stay far away. When you hear an invitation, why would you say no? Why would you say no? Why would you say no? When you hear an invitation and there's an invitation for you to come to God. There's an invitation for you to come to God. Why would you say no? This is your chance. Because this is a nice invitation. It's an invitation to have your name written in the book of life. God is going to change your life forever. God bless you. God bless you. This is the last opportunity I'm going to give you, my sister. There's one lady here. Somebody invited you, but in your heart you know. Another lady, another one. Lift your hand because I'm, I'm commanding you to give your life to God now. This is your chance. Lift it up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands all over this place. If you've lifted your hand, walk to me with your hand lifted up like that. Come with your hand lifted. Come to me in front here. Just come. Come, come. Come from the side. Come from the back over there. Wherever you are, lift up your hand. Come, let me, let me pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come. 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 Don't be shy. Don't think about anybody or anything. Come to Jesus. This is your chance. For them as they come, come to God. I surrender surrender all. I surrender all to Jesus. All to be my my blessed Savior. Every head bowed for one minute. You are here, you didn't join them, please. I am talking about your soul. I have done altar calls after the service. I've had people dying. So when I'm doing an altar call, I'm inviting you. It's not because of anything, but your soul, your life. If you are here, look at my hand. I'm inviting you to God. Don't take it lightly. This is your opportunity. Pastor, I want to give my life to God. I'm giving you one more chance to be up here within 30 seconds lift your hand and come and I'm going to pray with you that is all I'm going to give your life to Jesus you want to give your life lift your hand and come now right now this is your chance come 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 I'm waiting for you come come one per- there's one person like that here even if you don't come you are here you know to thee, my All right. blessed Savior. That's one person. I'm begging for your soul. Come to God today. Come to God. My blessed Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hand, all of you in front here, and everyone join in and say this prayer with me. Whatever I pray, pray after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for today. Please forgive me for my sins. I am a sinner. Please have mercy on me. 
please wash me with the blood of Jesus. I have been pretending that I am a Christian. But in my heart, I am far from you. But today, today, I come to you just as I am. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Please forgive me. Please cleanse me. Please wash me in your precious blood. Make me a new person. Make me a new person. Please write my name in the book of life. From today, I will follow Jesus. I will serve Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. I love you, Jesus. From today, no more pretending. From today, no more fooling. From today, I belong to God and I will serve God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Say after me, Satan, listen carefully. From today, I will not serve you again. I will not follow you again. I belong to Jesus Christ and I will serve Jesus Christ. Lift your two hands. Say, thank you, Lord, for saving me today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Hallelujah. Wow. Wonderful. Now, if you are here and you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit, I want to also pray for you. Just lift your hand and come to join these people here for just one. You don't yet speak in tongues. Because every week I want to pray for those who don't yet speak in tongues to receive the Holy Spirit. It's very important. I want to do it every week. So come to the front also. God bless you. Do you know why? Do you know why I want you to have the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues? Because Jesus said, I'm going to send a helper to you to help you. Amen. Young lady, do you want somebody to help you? The Holy Spirit in your life, isn't it? To be a Christian. So come. It's so important that you receive the Holy Spirit. Come. Come on. Come. Step forward a bit. Come forward a bit. All of you here. There's more people coming up. Very good. Wow. So many. So many. So many. It's very important that you have the Holy Spirit. Wow. Amen. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Now, after we close, all right, the, all those of you who came in the first row, I want, I'm going to meet with you all, all of you. And then all of you who came in the second for the Holy Spirit, I'm going to meet you also after. Okay? If you don't see me, don't take any taxi. Amen. I need to see you before we close. Amen. I mean, after we close. Do you want the Holy Spirit to help you? Are you glad you have come forward to give your life to Jesus today? Everybody has seen you now that you can't hide again. Everybody in the church has seen that you belong to Jesus now. Is it not a good thing? So when they see you going for, uh, what do you call that thing? Beach parties and jam, they'll say, ah, look at that girl. Look at that brother. Do you get it? And now you are going to suffer for Jesus. Are you happy about that? 
Are you ready to suffer for Jesus? Are you ready to suffer for Jesus? Yes. God, suffering for God is far better than suffering for any boy or any girl. All of them can give you broken heart, but Jesus' broken heart is better. Because after Jesus breaks your heart, he will massage you. Wow. But there are some boys, when they break your heart, they'll just go and find another girl. And they've left you in the room. Wow. What a blessing. Lift your hands. I'm going to pray with all of you. Father, thank you for all these who have come to receive the Holy Spirit and to receive salvation today. What a blessing. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.